loser, but he's been a, we've been against him. I didn't like him before. It was cool not to like him. You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 199 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my co-host, writer, journalist, TV personality, and celebrity in Statesboro, Jessica Salaji. No. Fix that. <laughs> the service human for the celebrity yeah, in that Statesboro. Was, that was actually really funny that <laughs> Dave shared a photo of me and Stanley at an event recently and... He said, pictured here with his service human, which is so true because I literally am his, his maid, his chauffeur, um, his agent. I I work for him. Maintenance lady. Yep. You know, it's cold. Dog's looking at me. It it, it wasn't even like, I've got to fix the heat because I'm cold. You're like, the dog's cold. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, you know, he had a speaking engagement. So, I mean... I'm just I'm picturing Stanley with like a scarf around his neck and a hot tea. Listen, he wore his velvet bow tie and he was such a good boy because Stella wasn't there for him to compete with. But he minded all his manners and he was a perfect gentleman and he hammed it up. And, and was coordinated to your outfit. Of course. Well, actually, I coordinated my outfit to him. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah. Yeah. How was your trip? Not bad. Not bad. We're down in Mexico. Uh, Eric is to hear all the stories twice because he edits two shows for me. Poor Eric. <laughs> uh, so Connie violated every rule with wild animals. It was feeding a what's called a kawati. And we had like 20 of them around us. It's a, it's a raccoon cousin. But they're very neat looking. They kind of have an anteater nose. And she started feeding a couple of them. And I guess they put the call out and had every, you know... And she was just loved seeing the little baby ones coming up and, and getting food from her. And they're climbing all over the uh, bed in our in our, in our uh, little poolside thing, little hut we had. And uh, we uh, we left some French fries on the bed because we we're gonna she was gonna feed them later. Hopped in the pool, came back, and the less obese came and snatched one of the things of fries and uh, took it off and just t- tore it up in the woods. You can see the container out there. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> but they they were uh, they are very cute animals. One of the staff members walks over, and I thought we were going to be in trouble. He walks over, and starts petting him. He goes, oh, "I've never been able to touch one before. This is really cool." <laughs> okay, well, let's just all you know deal with wild animals. Well, they're not. The staff is not there to yell at anybody. They're there to make money. Sure. Keep the Americans spending money. But it was a nice resort called Paradisus La Perla. It's in Playa del Carmen, which is about an hour, hour and a half south of Cancun Airport. Mm-hmm. We didn't leave the resort, just hung out. This was this was the the husband-wife trip. We just kind of hung out. Uh, our room was swim up. Nice. So we could walk off of the porch and into the main pool. And then had Connie on a on a float we you know inflatable floats we brought with us and i you know, push her push her over like a tugboat over to the bar load up on cocktails and push back which time to go to dinner oh i love that you just referred to connie as no, no i'm the tug uh-huh oh. i'm the tug okay good 
Yeah, uh, that'll make her the barge. Oh my god, <laughs> the cocktail barge. Mm-hmm. That was great. It, it was great. It's uh, there. There were some people there. They're there to hoot and holler. We are not. Like someone's like, "Hey, you want to do shots?" I'm like, "No." Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to no, relax. I don't do shots. I'm 44 years old. No, I don't want to do shots with you. I'd I'd like an I'd, I'd like a nice cocktail, please. Shot. Yeah. People forget that you, I, I'm there all with mostly middle aged people, and they kind of forget that they're middle aged. You see them the next day, like. Just like towel over their head, lay, laying on laying on a beach chair. Uh, one lady, Canadian lady, passed out. Out there, passed out to the point where somebody had to make sure to keep her head above water. She passed out in the pool, uh, and she was cl- she was close to my age, like too old to be that drunk. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> but that's I hilarious. Mean, whatever happened but to vacation? What, yeah, yeah. Once they got her out of the pool and she was safe, it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to watch watch a woman die right in front of us. Right. But I thought she was hamming it up. Like, no. Like, someone needs to carry her out of this pool. No. No. And for once, it wasn't me. But while I was gone... Oh! You are also have a new job, too. You are now a courtroom artist. <laughs> I am a courtroom artist. I am indeed. You know, I've done those drawings on... Uh, local government meetings forever um and i don't think i don't know if we we, i think we were doing the podcast but i don't think you were on it yet when i did the the beaver trial back in 2019 um and i was on 2019 yeah i don't know i don't maybe we talked about the beaver trial i'm not sure but i i did a little sketch of that but you know the, the the last several um trials that i've been in have been like um, felony murder charges and uh, sexual assaults and and then also like very detailed um, things where I'm I'm literally scribbling or typing depending on what I'm allowed to bring in the respective courtroom the entire time I don't really have any time to play games and um, this past week I had to sit in on jury selection and because they didn't do it ahead of time and it it it's extremely boring, um, and so I, I drew a picture of the room, and I thought it was funny. Um, the DA's office did not think it was funny, um, but whatever. I you know whatever. I don't I don't really care. What did they think think was funny? Because I said the ADA, I said his little thought bubble said, Rawr, blah blah blah, because he's a jerk. So I mean like. <laughs> that's what i said his thought bubble said but whatever he does say that he i mean it's not inaccurate of course it's just this the hard-hitting journalism you can read on the georgiavirtue.com it's just as high quality <laughs> well it's a good thing you have a first amendment yes but i've been in a tr- the, listen to this um the trial's not settled yet so i you know i'm not spoiling anything and you're not hearing anything first sorry but um listen to this the 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 circumstances of this case so um a couple two years ago maybe almost actually like a year and a half ago at this point um there was a a complaint about you know smell of marijuana the police showed up to an apartment there were five people inside the apartment um one of them had a extensive felony background with ties to criminal street gang to the extent that the police knew who he was um like knew had been kind of 
keeping an eye on him because he had, I guess, allegedly in the past um, sold drugs and, and things like that. So he was kind of on their radar. But they found a large amount of marijuana and um, a stolen firearm in this apartment when they got a, a, a search warrant to search it. And um, they charged everyone with felonies, which they often do. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I at least understand it because the presumption is that someone will squeal or roll. And when you do, then typically you null pros and dismiss, you know, the other charges, um, but not in the Ogeechee Judicial Circuit. No. Um, in October, this the guy who had the criminal street gang ties and the criminal record he pled guilty to all five counts, said it was his weed, his stolen gun. He basically took responsibility for everything. And uh, the DA's office is like, great, thanks. Here's your sentence. Because, you know, they did a plea agreement. and But we're still going to prosecute all the other four. Um, and so basically this trial has been focused on um, guilty by mere presence. They said that the, the DA's office argument is that um, there's, you know, constructive possession and joint possession by being there and that they should have known there was weed there. Let me tell you where the weed was found. One of them was in a backpack in a in a closet. One was in a shoebox in a closet. And one one baggie was in a like a, a liquor bottle type thing in a in the back of a toilet. So it was in a baggie in a bottle in the back of the toilet. I can tell you, I have been to many of my friends' houses over the last 33 years, and not once have I ever lifted the toilet tank to see what they have inside. No? No. So you? you're not performing your due diligence. I know. Totally. So anyway, <laughs> it's been it's been interesting watching. Of course, the jury, um, you never know what a jury's going to do, but... I, like I say, every time we talk about a case from the Ogeechee Judicial Circuit, we have like hardened criminals in our circuit. We have people who have committed legitimate murders and have robbed people at gunpoint and who've done things like steal identities or taken advantage of the elderly. And I mean, we have real criminals and we have open and shut cases. And yet Every freaking week, just about, I'm sitting in a courtroom listening to a case of sheer stupidity, and you're like, why are we wasting resources on this? So there's a whole team of lawyers getting paid <clears throat> to defend these folks yeah. against, I was at a house hanging out, mm -hmm. and he had pot hidden in the walls. Mm -hmm. And Ziploc baggies in the kitchen cabinet, and digital scales in the backpack and a firearm and well i mean you're guaranteed to find firearms if you're hanging at my house well hopefully they're not stolen no no i mean i did pick up some of them out of steel but <clears throat> back before uh before covid of course mm -hmm. speaking of court jesse smollett's attacker has been found guilty he's such an idiot <laughs> the woke crowd Go ahead. They're, they're gonna get his ass for perjury. He went on the stand thinking he's he's like you know some uh, Oscar winning actor. That he's gonna you know do Richard the Eighth for these for these jurors, and they're gonna believe him. Yeah, he would have been better off doing some sort of like multiple personality disorder thing. Um, but he, you know, 
his the I was but what I was going to say was the woke crowd has just had a really tough time lately because the Rittenhouse trial imploded right before their eyes, and then of course this case imploded long ago, but the trial just didn't really go well at all. And not most- to mention the trial down your way, which went the correct way and convicted folks of of killing this uh killing somebody and they trust me the woke crowd wanted that to wanted that to go the other way so they could so they could raise hell about it yeah yeah i mean and that that happened the wednesday before thanksgiving so by and i mean everyone knows it happened but by and large the media cycle on it was fairly short right so and we have the parents of Michigan school shooter to be held accountable. Yeah, the story is like a week old at this point, but obviously avid listeners know that last week I did a little recap while you were vacationing on the sandy beaches of Mexico. And I really wanted to talk about the story anyway, so that's why we're talking about it. And I don't think it's, I mean, yeah, it's been talked, like the story itself has been talked about, but it's, we were kind of talking about on the show, it's a very... um relevant like this could be any parent sure so uh this is the first situation of his kind at least to this magnitude uh 15 year old ethan crumley killed four schoolmates at oxford high school in michigan uh wounding seven others uh he was arrested uh, relatively quickly uh charged with murder terrorism that same week like during a press conference the prosecutor kind of hinted that she was considering charging the parents and we didn't really know why other than the dad had bought a um his name's james but he had bought a nine millimeter six hour the the week before i guess and like there was this this discussion and we i mean of course it's all speculation and, and especially after the rittenhouse case i am i'm extremely hesitant to take what we hear uh from the mainstream media with a grain of salt, but they said it was purchased for him. And I, I'm not sure, like, I don't know how a, a father says that, like, a, a gun was purchased for his 15-year-old and in what capacity. But, of course, the, Ethan had posted it on Instagram and referred to it as his gun. But kids do stupid things all the time. So I'm not... But that contributed to what the prosecutor said. And then the mother also posted about the gun, and she took him to a... A gun range, which is not unusual. I mean, teenagers go to gun ranges all the time, uh, but they're sure. not. Sure, as long as mom or dad's there. Right. And look, <clears throat> I know lots of parents that have bought firearms for their teenagers and gone, this is your gun. I'm going to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you're with me, we can go to the range. Or when when you're with mom, we, you can go to the range, use it. And then when, when you're done, we're going to put it back in the safe. But this is your gun. The same thing with uh, my. I bought my first car when I was fifteen. I wasn't old enough to drive it by myself, but it was still "quote unquote" my car. Mm-hmm. It was registered in my in my parents' name, everything else. But you know, that's money I, I worked and saved, and and that that was my car. But even though I, even though I referred to it as as my car, of course, you know, being a, a total redneck, it, it, it was a '76 Camaro. Well, same thing with these guns. It's everything belongs to the parents. It's not like that. I that I've read anything that they they took the kid, bought him bought him a concealment holster, a bunch of ammo, and said, "Hey, good luck." Right, right. And 
you know, I think it's interesting. I think, I think there's some, I'm not sure about these parents. Like, I don't know enough about them to say they're the worst parents in the world or that they're, they're great. I think they're, some of the text messages that have been released are a little bit, um, which obviously we're going to talk about are a little bit questionable, but I think it paints an interesting thing about social media in that like people are so quick to just show off purchases. And, and I see people posting about guns online all the time. You know, I'll talk about guns, but I don't really, I, I've, I've never done the whole like, check this out, look at what I've got. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not big on showing off inventory, but it, I guarantee you when these parents posted these photos online, they had no like they weren't thinking, how is this going to be perceived if my son does something with this gun? And I don't think parent the parents don't think about that with a car, with a gun, with a knife, like nothing. They, that's, but look how it's backfiring. Well, the day before, teachers saw him searching for ammo on his phone and reported it to school officials. I have a problem with that. Well, I have a problem with him using his phone in class. Yeah, for sure. That's the offense. Searching for ammo is not an offense. Like, first of all, I mean, no, he can't lawfully buy it, right? You have to be Hand 18. Hand ammunition? No. No, right. he's got to be 18 to, to right. uh, uh, so, I mean, that stuff. So, I mean, he's just looking, but like, you're reporting that he searched for ammo? Yeah, the, the offense is you're at school, get off your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day of shooting, teacher reported a drawing that showed a semi, semi-automatic handgun pointing uh, at the words, the thoughts won't stop, help me. And that was on Tuesday. So the ammo That's search the- was on Monday. The day of the shooting was Tuesday. I think it was like towards the afternoon. And in the morning, a different teacher saw this drawing. Uh, a drawing of a bullet with words blood everywhere written above it. Concerning. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's at least worth a talk. Because in between the gun and the bullet was a person who had been shot and was bleeding. And then most concerning was a laughing emoji that he had drawn under this shooting scene. And then I guess the teacher also found a note that said, my life is useless. The world is dead. So they they took him to the counselor with an administrator, called his parents. I'm not sure if both parents attended, but at least one parent attended. And they said there's an issue. And the parents said there's not. And they sent him back to class. Yeah. And prosecutors suggested that the parents were to blame because they allowed the son to remain in the classroom despite meeting prior to the shooting with school administration. And, like, if that is your argument, that they're to blame because they allowed the son to remain in the classroom, then the school and the administrator and the counselor and the principal and anyone in that meeting and anyone who is aware of the situation is is responsible under the law the same way you want to say these parents are because like the parents don't allow a child to stay in school. We we've talked about all along how when you hand your kid over to school, like you're giving them your property and you no longer have like they, 
schools are saying, oh, you can't check your kid out early or you can't bring them lunch or you can't stop by or you can't, they can't miss this many number of days or we're going to, um, you know, suspend, like take you to jail for truancy. If, if all of these things are true, then, and, and the school felt that there was truly a threat, they should have suspended him. Right. And Where's look, the we zero were tolerance? Before the show, and I think we talked about it on the show at, at some point, the, the kindergartner, first grader, the guy that was suspended for, for biting a Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun. Because mm-hmm. they have a zero tolerance. Right. Zero tolerance has time and time again sent petty offenses and things for much, much less than depicting this, which I think goes well beyond art. Um, you know. Well, and I was thinking, thinking about the art aspect of it. There are things that that would have been considered disturbing to teachers uh, when when I when I was in high school. It would have been album cover art if you were trying to copy something off of uh, uh, and the uh, and Justice for All or Ride Ride the Lightning albums or a Megadeth cover or certainly Iron Maiden with uh, with their album cover art <clears throat> and it it would have even even back then back in the nineteen twenties when when I went to high school. Uh, it would have it would have raised alarm, but and again, no one searches this kid. Is this the only art? Does he have anything else? Did you check his locker? Right. What else? What else is going on here? Now, I don't want to play the 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 woulda shoulda coulda game here, but mm. you're right. If if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna hold the parents to the same standard and say, well, you should have known this is this was uh, this was this could happen or this was going to happen. Certainly, the people with the boots on the ground that day, looking at uh, looking at this kid that day w- with this sort of stuff written out, the the world is dead, and not look into it any further. Besides, do you want to come get him? Yeah, it's no. Pretty, I think he needs to stay in school. It's a pretty big deal right. to call parents and say, "Can you come here right now for a meeting?" I mean, that's a big deal. If if somebody called my mom while I was in school and said that she would without knowing any information, think something was terribly wrong, that I had done something very bad. So if, if, if that is the case and you think that it's worthy of the parents removing him from school and taking him to do whatever it is you thought they should do, why didn't you search his stuff? Why didn't you, why didn't you use your authority to send him to ISS? <laughs> Yeah, isolate. But again, a simple. We know that the Fourth Amendment does does not exist for students on school grounds. So, what would have been the harm in opening his locker, opening his book bag, and see what he's got? And I, I want to be clear. I mean, I agree that they should have done all these things. I don't think the school administration should be held accountable under the law. I think that you. I mean, I don't think they should face criminal charges. But that's because I also don't think. You know, if you want to charge the parents with something, charge the parents with something. But they've been charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. And I think that that's absolutely asinine. And hunted down by the U.S. Marshals. Well, they were in that warehouse. I mean, they didn't turn themselves in. They were supposed to turn themselves in, and they didn't. They said they were trying to get affairs in order. Their their defense attorneys were quick to say, you know... The prosecutors went straight to the media and, and issued bench warrants right, or had the judges issue bench warrants right away, which I don't doubt. I mean, look at how prosecutors behave a lot of times. I have no doubt that all that happened. Um, 
But they were supposed to turn themselves in on a Friday by the close of business. And Saturday at, what, 6 a.m., they still hadn't. And they were found at this this warehouse. And, and you know, uh, typical for prosecutors, you know, you, you say that these people, like, let's talk about the threat to the public. And these people were wanted and, and searched for by law enforcement and U.S. Marshals and a fugitive team. You get an anonymous tip, supposedly, with their car at this warehouse, and the first response from the, the prosecutor has nothing to do with Ethan Crumley or the parents or how the case is going to move forward. It's, well, this warehouse had to be unlocked, and it wasn't, there was no forced entry, and so someone let them in, and so we're considering charges for that person, too. Like, no one cares. No one in the community and or in this, like, who's watching this thinks that you should go after the person who let them in a warehouse because they were scared to turn themselves in. Nobody. Yeah, the prosecutor's standing up like Oprah Winfrey going, you get a felony charge, you get a felony charge, you get a felony charge. Good God. It's the, the definition least of our worries. In, yeah, in, in Michigan of manslaughter. Defendant caused the death of the deceased, deceased victim, which makes sense, that the deceased individual died as a result of the defendant's action. Okay, so so that's for manslaughter, not involuntary. That's uh, just basic. Right, so yeah, for manslaughter. Right. Uh, the defendant either intended to kill the victim, intended to do great bodily harm to the victim, or created a situation where the risk of great bodily harm or death was very high, knowing that as a result of the defendant's actions, he or she knew that serious harm or death would most likely or would likely result. That's what they're charging the parents under, that they should have known that buying the gun and allowing him to stay in school created a situation where the risk of great bodily harm or death was very high and that they should have known the result of the actions would have like would have caused this. To, in, in my mind, to prove that, you have to prove, one, that I know he's got the gun. On the day of the shooting. On oh, the day cool. of the shooting. Right. You now, also have to prove that they thought he would behave differently outside of how he behaved at a range, which was obviously reasonable. And because no one from the range has come out and said, oh, yeah, he was pointing that gun at everybody. And he was totally out. Of I mean. Right. It, it's, so, it's ridiculous. It is. Uh, that it's felony. Felony is punishable by up to fifteen years in prison, uh, and a fine up to seventy five hundred dollars. Just that seems like really upside down, doesn't it? What do you mean? It's a decade and a half in prison, and as much as seventy five hundred bucks. Oh, sure, but there. Uh, I mean, so there's the, sixty years each. Yep. So that's life. I mean, for that. It is. It is. It not is life. I, 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 I would have, I, of course, I'm not privy to what the prosecutor, the investigators have, but if I'm a juror sitting sitting there, I'm gonna have a really difficult time saying uh, saying that they knowingly created a situation in which this this could happen. Well, and the attorney for the parents, and and the thing that sucks about the mainstream media and the people who absorb content from the mainstream media is that whoever gets the first statement out wins and that's the end of it and and this attorney i mean again i'm not um trying to vindicate the parents by any mean 
means. But if, if you want to charge them with something, charge them with something that makes sense for, for the situation. And this is not it. But the attorney got on, um, put out a statement on Saturday morning after they had been located and were, had made their first appearance and said, um, quote, the gun was actually locked. So when the prosecution is stating that this child had free access to a gun, that is absolutely not true. While it's human nature to want to find someone to blame or something to point to or something that gives us answers, the charges in this case are intended to make an example and send a message. The prosecution has very much cherry-picked and slanted specific facts to further their narrative to do that. We intend to fight this case in the courtroom and not in the court of public opinion. We know that in the end, the entire story and the truth will prevail. And I can't disagree. I mean, everybody knows that they're trying to make an example. The parents, the, the, the prosecutor basically said as much in her in her press conference saying you know (laughs) and can i throw a uh this isn't my actual theory but a conspiracy theory if we charge all of them we can financially break them of their ability to defend themselves yeah i mean five hundred thousand dollar bond for each of the parents right and they they both have to have an attorney Mm -hmm. and the son needs to have an attorney Mm mm-hmm uh, and defense attorneys, especially defense teams, uh, expert uh, expert witnesses, you know, all the things that we've talked about before with with other trials is they can financially break these folks of the ability to defend themselves. Well, and here's the thing: we know. I mean, I, there's there's no question that this that Ethan Crumbly killed four people and shot seven others. Like we know that to be the case. Right. I mean, we're going to go through the motions. He's going to get a fit. He's got to have due process and, and, and all. We, we know all. But there's a certain baseline of information that is irrefutable, whether they plead insanity or, you know, I have no idea what they're going to do, but that's to be determined. But there's a baseline of facts that everyone is going to agree on that this did happen. Um well, but even with the insanity defense, you have to be able to to afford expert witnesses. Well, and I and, I, I and look, I'm not a psychologist, but I took I saw the pictures of the kid. There's something off about that boy. I understand, but what I'm what I'm getting at is that you know the person who is responsible for the act is going to be held accountable, and I think a lot of people, you know. A lot of people are outraged when we hear about whether it's a, at a school or in public, like when there's a shooting and, and a number of people die or even just one person and, and and then the shooter turns the gun on themselves and it's like this unanswered, you know, and, and they feel like justice isn't served, It which is ironic because those are usually the same people who say, skip the trial, fry them. And that i mean right but, but i'm getting off track but my point is that the person who did this is going to be held accountable that person is alive that person is in jail that person i mean we know he did it we know who it is there's there's no question on that so is this the right case it, first of all you should never use the law to make examples or send a message that's disgusting but it out of all the ones is this the one that you should if, if you're going to do that because you have somebody to pin this on the responsible party is in your in the palm of your hand right either and look this prosecutor may be 
totally anti-gun. So the fact that they bought a firearm and said, hey, this is yours. If they it's had a woman up, is the problem. <laughs> World's worst feminist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the GeorgiaVirtue.com. Emotional. <laughs> Speaking of. Mm-hmm. More women. Freaking. <laughs> and what a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest Georgia news, though not elected, Stacey Abrams is running for governor of Georgia. Again. Again. Governor Abrams is running for re-election. <laughs> Running for re-election. Because she won. She just didn't get the job, remember? Right. Right. Because we're racist, sexist bigots, right? Were you out of town Uh, when this broke? Yes. I... Yeah, Stacy waited for me to leave the country. Like, okay, he's gone. Now I can announce. Mm -hmm. I got the little news alert, and I, I was in the middle of something, and I literally out loud just said, like, two or three expletives and went back to what I was doing. Like, I don't even have time to mentally digest this because I feel like we all knew it was coming, especially since the Democrats haven't, I mean, they haven't really put anybody else up. And when she didn't run for Senate and she didn't do her little presidential bid, like she said she was like, we, we really knew this rematch was coming, but still I was just like, I don't, I mean, obviously I don't like her policies, but I really am just not looking forward to the rhetoric and having to go back. We're going back in time. Four years, we're going to sit, spend the next 11 months talking about how Brian Kemp was a secretary of state and administered an election for which he was on the ballot like every freaking secretary of state before him because the secretary of state administers the elections. Right, so... In an interview, Abrams uh, wants to swing the spotlight to Kemp's record, arguing his failure to expand Medicaid to cover more low-income adults and his opposition to COVID-19 restrictions prove he doesn't have the best interests of Georgians at heart. Quote, We have a current governor who has failed the people of Georgia, that as the pandemic has raged, he has left behind too many communities, that he seems to ignore the real pain that's hurting families and hurting areas around the state, and that he seems to be focused on those who agree with him. As she said to people who agree with her. Well, not only that, but where has she been? Like, the Georgia Republican Party and the Republican voting delegation is in shambles. And people who supported him have turned on him and he has held the line. Like the one thing you can, you don't have to like everything he's done, but my gosh, he's been the most consistent state official we've had in decades. And I'm kind of a fan of the fact that he has a contentious relationship with the legislature. It could be more contentious, but I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, the branches should not just... Saying we are the world together. But look, if if Stacy's stance is going to be Kemp should have locked us down, it's, she's done. I agree. But she's done. We, we've had almost, by the time this election comes around, we'll have had more than two years, it'll almost be two three. and a half by the time election time comes yeah. around, 
two two and a half years of this please god make it stop pandemic pandemic it's two I mean, we're on we're almost two years into 15 days flatten the curve and stacy abrams is going to stand up and tell parents who are at the end of their ropes with their kids school being in out in out you know, study from home go to class wear a mask uh, you can she can stand up and tell all these soccer moms who have had have had to had their lives upended with their kids and say, oh, we should have locked them down, closed the schools quicker, kept kids in masks, require require vaccines or whatever else she comes up with. It ain't gonna fly here. Okay, but the biggest problem we've got on the Republican side is that we don't know who she's. I mean, we don't know who she's gonna face. Because we've got, well, I mean, let's let's talk about the responses from the potential opposition. Because when she announced it was Vernon, Candace, Shane Hazel on the Libertarian ticket, and then Kemp. So, Vernon. Uh, Today, Stacey Abrams joined the race for governor with plans to introduce the same failed liberal agenda in Georgia that is hurting Americans in every corner of this of the country. Radical leftists like Stacey Abrams are why I left the Democrat Party. And the last thing I will allow them to take is our beloved state. That is why I'm running for governor. In 2018, Brian Kemp defended Stacey Abrams by the skin of his teeth. Defeated, sorry. (laughs) Clean my glasses. By the skin of his teeth. And in 2020, he betrayed us. In 2022, we cannot afford to cut it so close. I am the only candidate in the race for governor who can grow the party, defeat Stacey Abrams, and take Georgia back. He's a freaking idiot. He also tweeted and said, I look forward, Stacey, I look, welcome to the race. I look forward to you attempting to call me a racist on the debate stage. That won't work this time. Hashtag feel the Vern. Um, you know, there's so much like... Everybody knows that when you put out a statement about something like this, you got to keep it short and sweet. And his is because I could just pick apart his four paragraph dumbassery. But, um, you know, like, don't sit here and talk to me about what radical leftists have done when you, you spent years in the in the Democrat Party. And don't tell me what you would have done when you changed. Like, we all know why Vernon changed parties. I mean, so I'm not going to and I'm not going to go down that path. But. Um, Vernon Jones would would deliver us Governor Stacey Abrams. There is no question in my mind because I would not show up to vote for him. Look, uh, the only reason he's running for governor is that's the only way he can live in district. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Vernon, Vernon, Vernon. Nice yoga pants. Yeah. Uh, we have Candace Taylor. Well, she said... Georgia is not the same Georgia she ran in last time. She will need good luck because the favor of God is resting on Georgia. We are taking our state back to the people. Morality over money. No establishment politicians. Grab your boots because this is going to get deep. Hashtag Taylor 22. Um, and she she shared Stacy's ad. Now, Candace is from Baxley um, in Appling County. And we talked about her when she ran for Senate. And we've briefly talked about her gubernatorial race. But every time I... I mean, I don't get a whole lot of information from her, but every time I go looking for information on her, I see her in Arizona or um, Florida at Mar-a-Lago or posing with people who aren't in Georgia because she's on that Trump overturning the election. You know, and if, if that's how you if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. That's fine. I'm not I'm not I'm here. I'm not here to debate that. But she's running for governor of Georgia. And she I 
you know, she's not doing anything locally. And by well, locally, I mean in the state. I'm not sure she's got deep enough pockets. Well, she's traveling on planes to go to places. She can't drive a couple counties over. Uh, no, I agree with you on that. I'm just I'm saying overall, uh, this race is, is about to get very expensive. And one of the things that worries me with Stacey Abrams is she gets to sit around and keep her powder dry. Yeah, and Republicans are going to destroy each other. Like in the tweet, she retweeted. She's She doesn't have as many followers as Vernon or Kemp or Shane Hazel or even, um, and obviously Stacey, but... She retweeted this tweet that said, um, the fact that this is even happening, talking about Stacey running, is further proof that Georgia Governor Kemp, AG Chris Carr, and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger all should be in jail for treason. Stacey Abrams should be in Gitmo for ballot harvesting and cheating. 2022 winners should be Candace Taylor, Herschel Walker, and Scott Pressler. Uh, and that was Rhonda Simpson that she that, that yeah, she retweeted. I have no idea who that is. Uh, neither do I, but I want to give give proper credit because obviously we have such a wide reach in Georgia that she she would be upset if we didn't mention her name. Yeah, true. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, that that tweet is moronic. And I meant to say this when you brought it up about Vernon because I know we're not going to harp on what Brian Kemp. We know what Brian Kemp Kemp thinks of Stacey Abrams, but. It wasn't that close. Like saying that the election between Brian and Stacy was close was um, sounds like a Stacey Abrams talking point to me. Um, I mean, it was over ten thousand votes, and when you look at Ossoff and Purdue and um, Leffler and Warnock, who lost, like the the margin of Kemp winning is was was substantial. It wasn't 40 votes. Well, we have Candace also. We will have our first female governor, a true Georgian who represents the people, morality, the nuclear family, and protects the Constitution at all costs. I just happen to be the one who stepped up and has worked hard as humanly possible. And this was retweeting Monica on Air, which I don't know who Monica on Air is, but she has oh, a blue God. check mark. She's, huh? she's from WSB. You're going to get... Ah. Yeah, it's fine, man. It's going to take a woman to defeat a woman in Georgia. Trust that. It will take someone who fights for election integrity to fight for the grifter, uh, to fight the grifter of election integrity at Candace Taylor at Real Liz something. One. Well, God, and like I said, we're not going to harp on what Brian Kemp has said because we know, but Shane Hazel took the route. Of the that Stacy was a at the Bilderberg meetings, um, and you know she's just a typical bureaucrat that buys into the 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 system of central banks and corporations that continue to sell us out and all that. And I don't disagree. I just don't know how. Um, like she is, she is. Look, man, I, but, I, but, but, but I don't Shane know is that, really good, really good on Twitter and stuff. But you yeah. called her participant Stacey Abrams, which is hilarious. But, her. but I'm not sure how the message resonates with the traditional voter because they don't know what some of this stuff, like the 
I mean, not everyone follows like the limited government approach, so they don't know why this is bad. And and, and Shane's you can't also that super, on super, super smart, heady guy who read the anti-federalist papers and really a, a, a super heady guy. And I, I think some of that goes over people's heads. You know, uh, it's it just, it just that's what we have with, with the electorate. I, I like what George Carlin said, which is think about how dumb the average person is and realize half the population is dumber than that guy. And then... As if all of this wasn't bad enough, on Sunday, David freaking Perdont announces that he's running for governor too because Trump wants him to and then Trump endorses him. And now we've got a full-on goat rodeo. I don't think Trump's coattails are that wide or that strong right now. Well... If, if David Perdue is going to take votes from anyone, it's going to be Vernon Jones and Candace Taylor. It, I don't think he's going to pull votes from Kemp. What I'm worried about is the damage that they're going to do in the meantime and the, the tearing down and the hit piece. Like It's like a primary from four years ago all over again. Um, but I well, agree He lost you. to Pajama Boy like five minutes ago. Literally this year. He lost to Pajama Boy. But he's got money. And he thinks, yeah, and he thinks, he's, and, and, and this is a guy who would not show up. Shane Hazel was in that race also. Would not show up to debate Hazel after saying he would on Shane's show. Uh, he thought he was just going to walk in and keep his keep his seat. He thought the Warnock seat was was the the bigger problem. Uh, he, 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 had, he, has, he has the Purdue name. He had plenty of money. He has his Canadian tuxedo, and he thought he would just walk right back into the Senate. And he obviously is not somebody who is prepared to do do a statewide drag out knuckle fight because he had his opportunity. He he had a weak opponent. I mean, just look. I mean, just looking at us. Just look at him. He couldn't beat a Democrat, you, so he wants to beat a Republican, and then beat a an, uh. Then he thinks he can beat. Stacey Abrams, really? Be at least three other Republicans, and then go take on Stacey Abrams. But he's already started. I mean, he is hammering Kemp. He started. I wouldn't have certified the elections. Okay, so you wouldn't have complied with state and federal law. Okay. Nobody can tell me what Kemp should have done. We shouldn't have certified the election. Okay, and do what? On what basis? His opinion. I mean, at that time, we had no information to not certify the elections other than hunches and, and inklings and, and stuff like that. I mean, we, we, we just didn't. Like, I don't care what you say in the however long the period is before when they have to certify it. There was no investigation opened and completed. And he was legally required to certify. the If the secretary of state sent them to him, he had to sign them. That's how it works. Do you want a governor Look, that says, I'm not going to follow the law because this is how I feel or I don't like the outcome? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because they're mad, they're mad at Pence also for, for, uh, for certifying the election. They, they, 
Yes, they do. They they think that th- this is the same crowd that thinks that Trump could have just stayed in the stayed in the White House. Just just don't let the uh, electoral college see, sit. Just don't have the vote. Just don't. Just don't certify it. Everybody just say no. And he'll just he'll just hold on to the White House and we'll figure it out later. Who who the hell thinks that's a good idea? If if Obama had said that, well, the race is too close uh, between Trump and Clinton. I'm just not. I just don't. We're not going to certify it. We're just going to. I'm going to stay in the White House until we decide that Hillary Clinton was the winner because that's who I wanted to win. That's what Stacey Abrams. I mean, it's the same damn thing she did in 2018. I mean, just good God Almighty, what? What the hell do people think he could do? Now, look, if you don't like Kemp's policies, fine. That's that's fine. That's 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 an argument you can have. That's a totally Absolutely. legitimate argument to have. But overall, with him resisting lockdowns, uh, with the way he's handled most of COVID, I, I didn't like shutting stuff down to begin with. But his quickness to open back up, his resistance to mandates has been better than average. And we've got Stacey Abrams over there saying, no, he should have locked down faster and longer and kept everybody home. <sighs> She's a jackass. She will ruin our state. No, she won't. Yes, she will. No, because the Republicans will hold on to the, hold on to the House. <laughs> and I don't know. I believe that. Ralston will turn in to Ron Paul. Mm-mm. I think you're wrong. I think that think we'll so? con- I think we will continue no matter how they're going to contest these these maps as they should because they're freaking bogus. I mean they're gerrymandered just like all the others and they gerrymandered them in 2011 and look how they trended blue. I mean we're going to continue to lose uh, unless Georgians just take this mindset that leans more libertarian than, quote, traditional Reagan Republican of growing government. Like, unless people take the approach that, like, enough is enough and and COVID actually had an effect on people and, and their livelihood and their children and their family and every intri- intricacies of whether or not they could even leave their home, unless people see and, and, and acknowledge how out of control and how much power our government has... And continues to take, we will continue to trend that way because Republicans have paved that pathway for for Democrats to be that extreme because our Republicans are so far to the left. Oh, absolutely. It's both parties are drifting left. Republicans are just doing it slower. You know, we want we want a trillion dollar spending package. No, we want five trillion. Well, that's way too much government. Five trillion. The one trillion is where we should be. No, you're absolutely right. Until people wake up and realize that the government is not the answer. The government's, what's the quote? If the government is the answer, it's a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, um, I'm not optimistic. I mean, I hope that you're right, but I just really don't think that the way that we have trended, losing house seats in every cycle. Um, and, and again, that, you know, that... That only goes so far because of how much power the freaking legislature has surrendered to the governor's office and to unelected bureaucrats by way of the state's 
state school board that is appointed by the governor and the board of regents, which is, you know, what Sonny Purdue wants. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these state agency heads that have so much power and so much autonomy and l- lack oversight and get so far down the pipeline before they have anybody say, hey, I think something's wrong here. Um, the damage that can be done, our state won't look like it looks today. Oh, no, of course it won't. It, it'll stop being business friendly, first of all. Yeah. Because Stacey would want to make sure that every American's paying their fair share. I hate that term. Of course, uh, Hannity and Trump uh, unite to stop Stacey.org. Just. Well, now Georgia's back on this national stage of rhetoric. Like, we're not going to talk. When we had the primary and I got to had the opportunity to interview everyone in their primary race, we were talking about issues, not just in my interview, but on debate stages, in mailers, on their social media pages. They talked about justice reform. They talked about medical cannabis. They talked about um, education. I mean, it wasn't like deep diving like a lot of us nerds would like to see. Um, and I, I don't mean that term negatively. I hope no one is sensitive to the term nerd. I mean it positively. Um, but, you know, like they didn't – they were still on this pathway of issue-driven campaigning. And then when it was Kemp versus Abrams, everything just went to hell in a handbasket and it turned into rhetoric, the most extreme rhetoric I have ever seen in a statewide race and – we are starting at that point this time. Well, right. We're not talking about supporters. We're talking about fans. And the, the, there, there are people that, that I know, there are people on my Facebook, that everything is Trump. And one, I mean, David produced stuff. Oh, what? Trump, Trump, Trump wants him. Trump, Trump, Trump. Like, Trump's done. If you want to address that him again in 2024, that's fine. Trump's right. I done. Don't, I don't care what Trump, I don't care who Trump wants my governor to be. Right. He doesn't live here. He doesn't vote here. I don't, I don't want him meddling in our elections. And, and, and ask yourself And, and the why? same is true of why? all the Hollywood a-holes. They're going to be here knocking on doors, doing Absolutely. commercials for Stacey Abrams. Well, I mean, Stay arguably Trump was one of those Hollywood a-holes at one point. Yeah, and the apprentice. But I mean, well, he out- he was also in uh, Home Alone too. Yeah, this outside influence though is just like it's not necessary, and it's it's toxic for the outcome because it's obviously working. It's working. Well, and that's, people are and that's buying what, it. That's what I was talking about with the with the uh, Shane Hazel stuff being super super heady and very 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 smart. But that's not what people are into. People aren't policy wonks. People are into orange man good, orange man bad. And I'm seeing signs. I don't know if it's heist that has it out there. Endorsed by Trump. It's one of them that's running for Secretary of State. Endorsed by Trump. Why do I care who Trump wants to be the Secretary of State? Now, I can both agree that that is has been a, a... a train Loser, wreck. but he's been a. We've been against him. I didn't like him before. It was cool not to like him. <laughs> Jessica, we're running long. Let's get to the closing thoughts because we do have some important stuff going on. 
Too mad. You go. <laughs> Too mad. We are going Women to take are some time off. Women are Women emotional. Women are emotional. Yeah. Like oh. when you said your heat wasn't working, it was like really emotional. <laughs> yeah, I was really emotional about it. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a couple weeks off for uh, Christmas holiday. We're also going to do a little some revamping. Uh, have a little different look, uh, maybe a little different sound on the uh, on, on the podcast. It'll still be the two of us. So I'm sorry about that. And we're working on something for 200. That'll be the the first show of 2022. Will be our show 200. So we're working on something for that before we have to get into session mm. and deal with what the legislature is going to do. So, and obviously ramping up towards the the primaries and all that, but mm. we want to have a little fun first. Yes. I so, agree. you had some fun with the show last week. I know it was a lot. It, it, Jessica did a great job putting it together. I, I really enjoyed listening to it, uh, and I had no idea that's what was that's what was happening. <laughs> I just I, I just I saw the I saw it pop up and and put my headphones on. I was like, oh man, this this was a really good idea. Well done. I, you know, I had nothing to do with it. Jessica, Jessica did all the heavy lifting on that. Uh, but we want to have something really fun for show 200. That'll be uh, around the first of 2022. Jessica, well, you cooled Christmas. off a little bit. Merry Christmas. Happy Merry New Christmas. Year. Happy New Year. We will talk to you soon. I want to give a big thank you for at the end of the year. Thank you to Eric Cumbie, our editor, who takes what, the audio that we send him and cleans it up to something you can listen to. Jessica, as as my partner on on this podcast, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, you know when when we say what are you thankful for this year? You're absolutely one of those things I'm fa- thankful for. Oh, Dave, I'm so thankful for Connie <laughs> and that you and you have connected me with Connie. Yeah, Jessica sent a Christmas card to Connie. <laughs> Connie Roberts <laughs> on the envelope. So thank you all for listening. We will talk to you in the new year.